0: Surah Al-Buruj Surah Al-Buruj is a Makki surah and the Prophet ﷺ would frequently recite this surah in Zuhur and Asr prayer. He would recite Surah Al-Buruj as well as Surah Al-Tariq. This surah talks about people who are harassed because of their being Muslim. They are persecuted, they are opposed. Why? Because of the fact that they believe in Allah. The previous surah also ends with the same theme. Doesn't it? That how in paradise, believers will be sitting, looking on, but the same believers were those who were once laughed at by others. They were called a dalloon by others. When others passed by them, they would look at them and they would pass derisive glances to one another making fun of the believers so here we see there is a continuation of this theme and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses in order to comfort and strengthen the heart of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because as i mentioned to you earlier this is a makki surah and what was happening in makkah what was increasing in makkah persecution opposition there was a time when people Did not harm the Prophet or did not harm Abu Bakr, and then the day came when they even abused Abu Bakr. The day came when they even attacked the Prophet. And there were so many Muslims who were weak on account of their social status, and what was happening to them? What was happening to them? They were being tortured and abused every single day. It was amazing how a person. Just because they converted to Islam, all of a sudden their life, their property, their honor, nothing was sacred anymore. And we see this is something that didn't just happen at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. This happened before him and it happened after him. And it will happen today also. So what is it that we should seek comfort in? Where is it that we should seek guidance from concerning this serious issue that frightens us, that hurts us, that scares us? the solution is where the source of comfort is where it's the quran Rahmanir was-samaa'i ذَاتِ buruj by the sky that is is, buruj that one having meaning the sky that has al-buruj great stars al-buruj is a plural of the word burj and burj is used for a tower Barraja is to build a tall tower. Basically, the word means to be exposed when something is visible, it is manifest from a distance. So, Buruj refers to the stars that are in the sky. In the previous surahs, we have learned about the destruction of the sky. Hmm? That how on the Day of Judgment, the sky will be destroyed. And there's different words, different descriptions that are mentioned over there. And here, the structure of the sky is mentioned that how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it firm and not just firm but also beautiful was sama'i buruj surah al-furqan ayah 6 allah says tabarakalladhi ja'ala al samai buruj intirat hijr ayah 6 also wa laqad ja'alna samai we have made in the sky buruj the question is what are buruj because for stars generally what word do we learn nujum Right or kawakib, here we see buruj. Like I mentioned earlier that Burj is used for something that is manifest, visible from where? From a distance. Right. So some have said that buruj are stars. Why? Because stars are manifest, they are bright, visible from where? From a distance. I mean, look at the distance that is there between the earth and these stars. How far apart they are. But yet, we can see them in the night. And for this reason, some have said that Buruj are not just any stars, but the big ones. Or those that are exceptionally bright. Some have said that Buruj, remember that Burj building, right? And uh, such buildings, like for example, many such buildings are built for what purpose? For the purpose of guarding an area. right? Many posts... Right? guarding posts, how are they? On the surface of the earth, on ground level? No. They're huge towers, and at the top of the towers who sits? Guards. Isn't it? And then they look all around. So some have said that Buruj refers to the posts of the angels, where they remain as guards to protect against who? Against the Shayateen. Some have also said that Buruj refers to Manazirul qamar al Kawakib, the positions of the moon, the different stars, meaning their pathways. Allahu A'lam, whatever the reality is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath over here by the sky. And He describes the sky as containing great stars. And also I swear by the day which is promised, the promised day. Which is this day which has been promised? It is the day of judgment. As in Surah Yasin ayah 52, Allah says, قَالُوا يَا وَيْلَنَا مَنْ بَعْثَنَا مِنْ مَرْقَدِنَا هَذَا مَا وَعَدَ الرَّحْمَانَ When people will rise on the Day of Judgment, they will say, this is what the Most Merciful promised us. In Surah Ma'arij ayah 42 also, it is said, فَذَرْهُمْ يَخُوضُوا وَيَلْعَبُوا حَتَّى يُلَاقُوا يَوْمَهُمُ الَّذِي Yuadun Until they meet the day that they have been promised so by the promised day meaning the day of judgment wa shahidun wa and by the witness and the one who is witnessed shahid one who witnesses something and mashhood, one who is witnessed meaning one who is observed you understand like for example if a person is present somewhere they see Let's see, they witness a crime. So that crime is mashhud. Because it has been witnessed. Alright? And the shahid is who? The witness is who? That person. Because they witnessed the scene. Alright? So, wa shahidin wa mashhud. Shahid can also be understood as one who observes, one who sees. Or one who is present. Because only one who is present, and one who can see, can bear witness to something. Alright? So wa-shahid wa-mashhud. Now this verse, how many words is it? Four words: two was, right? 2 haf'atf, and shahid wa-mashhud, shahid and mashhud. This verse is such that there are at least forty different opinions hmm? in explanation to this. That who is the shahid and who is the mashhud? At least forty different opinions, and almost all of them have some level of being valid right? because if you think about it the universe, the creation is such that either something is a witness meaning it is observing or it is being witnessed it is being observed isn't it so? every single moment, every single place every single creature either it is being observed either it is mashhud or there is someone who is looking at it right? so there is shahid, mashhud now some have said that shahid, firstly, first and foremost, it refers to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because, وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ shahida, Sufficient is Allah as a witness over what? Over everything. Allah sees everything. He bears witness to everything. There is nothing that happens except that Allah, the Exalted, has known it. Some have said that shahid, the witness, refers to the Prophet. ﷺ. As Allah says that in the Quran, that we will bring you on the day of judgment as a shahid. وَجِئْنَا بِكَ عَلَى هَؤُلَاءِ shahida. He will be brought on the day of judgment to bear witness. Some have said that shahid refers to every single Prophet, because every single Prophet will bear witness on the day of judgment. Others have said that shahid refers to the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu As Allah says that, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ Some have said this entire earth is the shahid. Because there is nothing you do in this earth except that the earth is a witness to it. Isn't it? And on the day of judgment, what's going to happen? تُحَدِّثُ أَخْبَارَهَا on the day of judgment, the earth is going to relate its news. The earth is going to talk about what happened on its surface, by who and when. Some have said that it refers to the angels, because the angels also will testify on the day of judgment. With every person, there will come along with him a saiq, someone to drive him, and a shaheed one to bear witness and who is that it's the angel some have said the shahid refers to the people of knowledge as allah says shahid allahu annahu la ilaha illahu wal malaikatu wa ulul ilmi the people of knowledge also bear witness even the black stone will it bear witness yes the Prophet ﷺ said that by Allah, Allah will bring it forth on the day of judgment. And it will have two eyes with which it will see and a tongue with which it will speak and it will testify in favor of those who touched it with sincerity. And in other narrations we also learn about kissing the black stone. Hmm? What is the black stone? Hajar, aswad. You're looking at me as if I'm talking about Something from space. The black stone, where is it? By the Kaaba. Right? Kissing it or touching it will be what? This stone will testify in your favor. It will defend you. If you touch it or you kiss it. What happens though? Right now when people go, they will fight to reach it. And many people, they won't even try to get there. Right? They won't even try to get there. Try to get there. There is a beautiful post I found last night. It's on Muslim Matters. Somebody wrote it many years ago about how you can make sure that you kiss the black stone every time you go to the Kaaba. And one of the first few things that they've written is firstly, you need 110% determination and intention. Alright? Be fully determined. Secondly, give at least some time. An hour or two, it's gonna go nowhere. Okay? And then a very easy way that basically stand on the side of the Kaaba, alright, and move towards it, towards it with the flow. You can make use of time such as between Zuhr and Asr, because that is a time when people go to rest, or when people go to sleep, or when they go to eat, or when they go shopping, alright. So when it's extremely hot, that is when you go. Get your sunglasses, get your hat if you have to, go and you'll find the opportunity, insha'Allah. This is a shahid. It will testify in your favor. What is the mashhud? What is it that is being witnessed? Well, firstly, it's the day of judgment. In Surah Hud, Ayah 103, Allah says, nas wa Mashhud, it is a day that is witnessed. Meaning every single soul, every single person, every single creature will be present on the Day of Judgment. It's a day that will be witnessed by who? By all. No one can be absent. Some have said that the mashhud, the witnessed, is the Day of Arafah. Because the Day of Arafah also, what does it remind us of? The Day of Judgment. So many hujjaj, so many different types of people, all gathered in one place. Some have said that this is Friday. Yawmul Jumu'ah, because that is also to be witnessed. And some have said that basically, Shahid wa Mashud, you have to look at it in the context of the surah. Because, like, a, the first thing I mentioned about Shahid Mashud is what? That there's everything which is either witnessing or it is being witnessed. Right? But here, what is mentioned in the next ayah? the people of the trenches are mentioned so shahidin wa meaning the people of the trenches who committed such a great atrocity against people whatever they did was witnessed by who by a shahid by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the crimes these people committed that day were seen by Allah. They are known to Allah. Who are the Ashabul Uhdud, the people of the trenches? Basically, to summarize, there are people who dug trenches and filled them with fire and pushed those who believed in Allah into those trenches. They burnt them alive. So what they did was observed. Whatever crimes they committed are fully recorded. That day was witnessed. If you think about it, many terrible things happen in this world. Don't they? Some of them are recorded, others are not. Some of them are reported, others are not. Some criminals are prosecuted, others are not. For some crimes there is proof, there is witness, and for others there isn't. But wa وَمَشْهُودٍ What does it mean? There is nothing that is hidden from Allah. So no matter what crime is committed, in what secrecy, in the darkness of the night or hidden from the eyes of people, it is not hidden from Allah. If you see, what are the oaths that are mentioned over here? Firstly, the sky is mentioned. Because the sky, isn't it witnessed? Is it hidden? No. No matter where you are, on a mountaintop, at the beach, in the middle of the ocean, in a valley, you look up, what do you see? What do you see? The sky. It's not hidden from you. Just like that, no matter where we are, no matter what we are doing, it's not hidden from Allah. The day of judgment is mentioned next. The day of judgment will be witnessed by who? Everybody. Everybody. It's not going to remain hidden. No one is going to be absent. And so there is no deed, no crime, big or small, except that Allah is a witness to it. So what is the lesson over here? Is Allah not enough for His servant? Is He not enough? So when there is an atmosphere of fear, when you're afraid because of the fact that you're a believer, such that even stepping out of the house is scary remember shahidin wa no matter what happens where a shahid is there there is no crime no oppression committed except that Allah is aware of it and he's bringing the day of judgment to establish his perfect justice wa shahidin wa qutila ashabul qutila all of these oaths are taken over here and what is the conclusion of the oath that the people of the trenches kutila they are destroyed how confidently they committed this great crime but you know what they got away then they're never going to get away forever kutila they are destroyed allah will punish them Ashabul ukhdood, people of the trenches. Ukhdood is a plural of the word akhadid from the word khad, Khad, dal. And khad is used for the cheek, but it is also used for a ditch. What kind of a ditch? Basically, a long trench. If you think about it, some people, their cheeks are such that when they smile, they get their dimples. Right? So, anyway, that is also like a hole, right? like a ditch. So, ukhdood, akhadid. Is the singular? It's used for long trenches. Ashabul الأخدود People of the trenches, meaning those who dug trenches. Nari أل ذَاتِ الْوَقُودِ But these trenches were for what? These Uhdud were of النَّار. They were of fire. Filled with fire. What kind of fire? Just a little bit? No. il waqud. That, meaning fire that had, having al wakud fuel. We have done the word wakud واقود earlier, waqooduhan nasu wal hijara. Wakud is fuel. Meaning these trenches were full of fuel that was constantly keeping the fire burning and alive. So why were these trenches dug and why were they filled with fire, with so much fuel, Idh when whom they Who? أَصْحَابُ الْأُخْدُودِ People of the trenches. When they were عليها upon it. Upon what? Upon the trenches, meaning by them. قُعُودِ Ones who were sitting. قُعُودِ is a plural of قَاعِدْ قَاعِدْ One who sits. You see there is another word for sitting. Which is جَلَسَ جُلُوس Jalasa hmm? is to sit but then get up and go away. Jalasa is to sit for a short time. But قُعُود قَاعِد is used for someone who is sitting on for a long time. إِذْ عَلَيْهَا قُعُود, When they remained sitting by those trenches. Not for 10-15 minutes, not for an hour or two, but for a long time. They just sat there witnessing the entire scene, burning people alive. They were sitting by the fire, watching it burn, throwing people in. Nobody stopped. Nobody hesitated. None of them did anything to stop those crimes. They just sat there watching. In fact, not just watching, they were the ones committing the crime. Who were these people? People of the trenches. It is said that أصحاب الأخدود People of the trenches. Basically, this refers to an incident of a Christian community, meaning people who believed in Isa that lived in 523 A.D. in Najran. Najran. And these people who had believed in Isa they believed in the pure message of Isa There was a king at the time in Yemen whose name was Dhu Nawas, meaning one having two side locks. Nawas meaning two side locks. So basically he had long hair or braids or something on the two sides of his head. And he was a Jewish king. And he persecuted this community. When these people believed in Isa salam, he didn't just tell them, don't believe. He didn't just execute one or two of them. He got everybody, not just the men, but even the women and the children and the babies and the old. Everybody. Trenches were dug, filled with fire, and one after the other, people were thrown into those trenches, alive. This was a genocide. This was a genocide. There is an incident mentioned in detail in Sahih Muslim, which I'm just going to summarize over here. If you're interested in reading all of it, which you should be, it's in Sahih Muslim, the number 3005. That's the number of the Hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said that there lived a king before you and he had a magician. And the magician, as he grew old, he said to the king that I have grown old, so find some young boy and send him to me so that I can teach him all my magic. Because I'm afraid I'm going to die soon. I'm not able to practice this magic anymore. I'm afraid it's going to be lost. So send me a student, send me a young boy. So the king found a young boy and that boy would go to this magician every day. But on his way, what happened? He found a man. And this man, he was doing something very different. All by himself, living by himself, as if living and hiding, and doing something very different. This boy was very interested. That man was a Christian. He believed in Isa and he worshipped Allah alone. So this boy, every day on his way to the magician, he would stop by. And he would learn from this ascetic from this worshipper. And he believed in Allah. He did not like magic anymore, but he had to continue to go and learn magic, because if he stopped, he would be punished. So anyway, what happened? One day the boy was on his way, and there was an animal, a vicious animal, and people were terrified because of it. So this boy, he picked up a stone, and he said that if this man, meaning this ascetic, this rahib is upon the truth, then oh Allah, cause this animal to be destroyed by my throwing the stone. And if the magician is upon the truth, then no. So basically, he threw it, the animal died, and so that boy became even more confident that this rahib is upon the haq and this magician is upon falsehood. So what happened after some time that people, when they witnessed this, that this boy killed such a huge animal, He said something and he killed such a huge animal. How did he do it? So the next time somebody was sick, who did they go to? This boy. The next time somebody was blind, who did they go to? This boy. Every time there was a problem, people would go to this boy. And what would the boy do? He would just mention Allah's name and the people would be cured. The news reached the king. And when the king found out, he wasn't very happy. So there was a man who was previously blind. His eyesight returned. When he went to the king, the king asked him, who cured you? The man said, Allah cured me. He said, what do you mean? You have a God other than me? And he said, Allah is my Lord and your Lord. So the king got very upset. Where did you hear this from? What's happening? So basically, he found out that it's the boy who was supposed to be studying magic. He's doing something else. So what did he do? He decided to kill the boy. So he sent his men on a ship with the boy that when you reach the middle of the water, throw the boy off the ship. They tried doing that. Everybody died, but the boy survived, made it back. The king is amazed. What happened? How did you survive? He tried many times, different things to kill the boy. Nothing worked. So finally the king asked the boy, how do I kill you? The boy said, you gather everybody. Everybody. And then you take an arrow, and you say, Bismillahi Rabbil Ghulam. In the name of Allah, who is the Lord of this boy. And then you shoot the arrow. So the king said, okay, fine. He was desperate to get rid of the boy, because the boy was preaching tawheed, and everybody was now believing in tawheed. So the king wanted to get rid of the boy. He did that. He assembled everybody, the entire nation. And what happened? The boy is put on one side, tied up, and the king takes the bow and arrow and says, Bismillahi Rabbil Ghulam. Shoots the arrow, the boy dies. But guess what? Everybody says, We believe in the Lord of this boy. What did the king do? He said, Okay, if you will all believe in the Lord of this boy, you believe in Allah, I will kill all of you just as I killed this boy. And so he had trenches dug. He had them filled with fire. And one by one, every single person who declared his belief in Allah was thrown into the fire. And in hadith we learn that there was a woman with a baby. And she hesitated. She thought of changing her statement or her mind or changing her faith just to save her life and save the life of her baby. But the baby spoke at that time and said, Oh mother, endure this for it is the truth. And her and her baby were also thrown into the fire. This entire scene, look at the, you know, how hard-hearted were these people that they could push, they could kill Hundreds of people in one day. And we might think that this is something that happened hundreds of years ago. When? 520-something A.D.? What year are we living in? 2,000-something? It's been many, many years. We wouldn't think that such a history would ever repeat. We thought world war was bad. But what has happened since then? I'm just talking about in general Humanity, what kind of crimes have we committed? Look at the genocide in Rwanda. Look at the genocide in Bosnia. Look at the genocide today. Where? In Burma. And look at us Muslims killing each other in Syria. Day after day after day. wa ومشهود Everything is witnessed by Allah. وَشَاهِدٍ وَمَشْهُودٍ وهم على ما يفعلون بالمؤمنين شهود. And they, meaning those people, عَلَى, over what? مَا يفعلون. Whatever they were doing. بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ to the believers, shuhud. they were witnesses. Meaning what they did to the believers didn't happen when their eyes were shut. Meaning they didn't close their eyes and then just push people into the fire. no. Their eyes were open. They were fully awake, in full consciousness. They were throwing people into the fire. They themselves were a witness to their own crime. And the day of judgment is the day when a person's mouth shall be sealed and his eyes will speak, his body will speak. ala ma yafaluna bil muminina shuhud. They were watching with their own eyes. The crimes they were committing against the believers. And today what happens? People don't just watch with their eyes, they record it on camera. They don't just record it on camera, they put it up online. When individuals are beaten up, when people are killed. I mean, what happened in Bosnia, it's just amazing it would make you sick to the stomach if you read even a little bit about what happened in Bosnia. Not many years ago. 1995. What happened? In five days, 8,000 Muslims were killed. 8,000. This was a systematic genocide planned. But till today, there are people who will not acknowledge it as a genocide. Many will. But the criminals who committed these crimes will refuse to acknowledge it even as a genocide. وَهُمْ عَلَى مَا يَفْعَلُونَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ شُهُودٌ And it's not just limited to 1995. I mean, what's happening these days? In our own community, when little boys, innocent boys, innocent children, just because of the skin color or just because of their appearance as a Muslim, they are picked on and they're beaten beaten with baseball bats wa hum ala ma bil yes no police was there yes no people were there to watch but who was there shahid wa naqamu minhum allah says wa and these people did not resent minhum from them Nakamu noon qaf mim basically nikmah is to develop such hatred and dislike for someone that you show it. You show that anger. Such hatred for someone that you cannot contain it in your heart anymore. It comes out. It comes out in the form of violence. Whether it is verbal or physical, in the form of abuse. This is niqmah. Niqmah is also used for revenge, for punishment. So these people, the ashabul الأخدود, why did they persecute the believers? What was the reason? What crime did they commit? illa except an yu'minu al al-hamid what was the reason why were they persecuted this way what was the so called crime because they believed in allah who is allah al-aziz the exalted in might al-hamid the praiseworthy look at the names of allah that are mentioned over here al-aziz the one of izzah the most honorable one and al Hamid, the one who deserves praise because of his perfection. So why should Allah not be believed in when He is the most powerful, when He is the praiseworthy? Why wouldn't these people believe in Allah? Was believing in Allah really a crime? Were they doing something wrong? No. But in the eyes of Ashabul-Ukhdood, this was a crime. If you think about it, all these people who were burned alive... They had been Muslim for how long? How long? Just a few moments. All they did was that they declared their belief in Allah. That's it. They didn't know the details of how to practice Islam. No. They had been Muslim for just a few moments. So what was the reason why they were persecuted? For their belief in Allah. That's it. That's the only reason. And if you... Look at it. I mean, if you ever see pictures of Bosnia, Muslims who were persecuted. I mean, many of the women, majority of the women, were not even wearing hijab. You couldn't even tell they were Muslim. Because you see, sometimes we think that, you know, it's very dangerous, so take off the hijab. Right? Protect yourself. No. Somebody who's gonna hate you is not gonna hate you because of your hijab. They're gonna hate you because of what? Your belief in Allah. So don't stop obeying Allah just to protect yourself. That's not the way. The price of La ilaha illallah is big. It's very big. These people had to sacrifice their lives. And in the hereafter also, the weight of La ilaha illallah is very heavy. Allah says in the Qur'an, أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَنْ تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةِ وَلَمَّا يَأْتِكُمْ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ خَلَوْا مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ Do you think you will just enter Jannah like that? When you have faced nothing like what the people before you faced. مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ وَالضَّرَّاءُ وَالزُلْزِلُ People before you, meaning those who believed before you, they were afflicted by hardship, difficulty, and they were shaken up. Hatta yakula Rasulu amanu mata nasrullah. To a point that the messenger and those who were with him, they said, "When is the help of Allah coming?" Allah says, Allah Inna nasrullahi The help of Allah is near. So the Prophet ﷺ was comforted through these verses that your Lord is watching. Whatever is happening is not unnoticed. Even if the whole world turns a blind eye, Allah has seen. And the Prophet ﷺ also prepared us for this. That these difficulties will continue. That a time will come when holding on to iman will be like holding a burning ember. Can you imagine? A burning ember? Imagine a coal that's burning. Would you hold it? Hold it in your hand. What does it mean? If you picked it up, just this morning, I was trying to get the bread out of the toaster. The tongs felt. I was about to reach out for the grill by hand. And I remembered that, no, it's hot. If something is hot, you don't touch it. You keep away. Because you know it's gonna burn. He said, a time will come when holding on to iman will definitely mean that you will suffer. You will be picked on. You will be harassed. You will be abused. This will come. This is a reality. It happened before. It happened at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. And it will happen today. And this will continue. But who is successful? The one who holds on to his faith. The one who holds on to his faith and doesn't give it up, doesn't become weak at these times of difficulty. Because these difficulties, what do we learn? There temporarily Aren't they? Bilal رضي الله عنه. When we think about Makkah and persecution Who comes to our mind? First person Bilal رضي الله عنه. But he is the one Who gave the adhan In Makkah Standing on the Kaaba When Makkah was conquered by the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه وسلم. Bilal رضي anhu, The same one Within how many years? Just 20 something years less than 20 actually وما نقم منهم الا ان يؤمنوا بالله العزيز الحميد